Thank you for listening to the official podcast of Everyday Church. We are a body of believers in Oklahoma City with the mission to live out our faith on a daily basis. Let's listen in as we hear a powerful message from God's Word. Joe, thank you for introducing that song. That was awesome. Awesome, awesome. Good stuff. Powerful, especially that bridge. I almost want to just throw it up there again, but we'll, we'll do that again and focus in because that was really solid stuff. Thank you for being here today. It is good to see you. Uh, there's this popular game out right now, which I, I know some of you have played before. I, I see some of the kids parking up because you, you've played this and maybe some of you adults like me have kind of snuck in a game or two, but there's this game on many platforms. Uh, I play it mostly on my phone as an app, but it's called Among Us. Okay. Any, anyone ever heard that? Everyone under 14? And okay, there's some, there's some others. So it's this popular game, and you know, you, you can kind of get into the good or bad of it. But basically, the game is, is a combination of our old school clue game with a little mix of mafia. So basically, you're this character that runs around with other characters, uh, and, and you don't know who's who in this little room you're in or building you're in, but among you is a couple of imposters or murderers. And so when you find someone that has died, now again, this isn't real life, by the way. Some of you are like, dude, you, you play this, you're going to get killed. It's just make-believe on a game. You die in the game. And then when someone finds someone that's dead, they hit a button or, or they report that this person's dead, then everyone argues, who's responsible for this murder? You're trying to figure out who are the killers, you can play with either one, two, or three killers and amongst ten people. And uh, the arguing begins. It's so-and-so is the killer. No, I'm not the killer. So-and-so is the killer. And da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And there's banter back and forth trying to figure out who the killer is. Now, in the game, you want to be the killer. That's kind of the fun part of the game. If you randomly get picked to be the killer, and then you get to sneak around and try and kill people, and that makes the game fun. But then when people start saying, Who's killing, who killed who, you're not the one that's going to say, yeah, it was me. You don't want to take responsibility for the death because part of the game is to survive the longest, and if the killers survive, they win. If the killers are found out, they lose. And then the crewmates, the other people, win. Now, the game is all about not taking responsibility for the death of another person. Now, this reminds me a little bit too much of life. And not to take this such a serious term, but it got me thinking that I, I, I do believe it's a good representation of where we are because so many people are dying every day without a faith and trust in Jesus Christ, and no one wants to take responsibility for it. No one wants to admit, yeah, I didn't. I was with that person a lot. I never shared my faith. I never told them about Jesus. I never brought up any spiritual conversation. I never got to the J word. No one wants to be responsible for that person's spiritual well-being and then ultimately spiritual destination. We all kind of want to pass the buck. We all want to blame someone else. We all want to point the finger somewhere else, or we just want to ignore it, kind of hide in the background and pretend that it didn't happen. No one wants to take responsibility. I read a stat in 1993, 89% of Christians believed that it was their personal responsibility to share their faith. 89%. And then in 2018, only 64% of Christians surveyed said, yeah, it's my personal responsibility to share my faith in Jesus. From 89% to 64% is what? 
maybe you do 90 minus 65. What's the difference there? 25. 25 points lower in 25 years. Basically, a point a year, it's going down. People thinking that it's their personal responsibility to share their faith. Today, I want to talk about that word responsibility. That is our responsibility to proclaim the message of Jesus Christ, to share our faith in him. If you have a Bible, we're going to be in Colossians chapter 1. We've been in Colossians here for a couple of weeks, and I want to continue. We haven't got out of chapter 1 yet. We will eventually, but I'm actually going to do something a little bit different, and you OCD people might get upset. I'm going to skip some verses, but I'm going to come back to them next week, okay? I promise. And so... If you are here for the first time, they've all kind of been separate, but I do encourage you to go back and listen either through our podcast or through Facebook Live or YouTube Live, and thank you for those joining us online today. But we have a good number here in the room. Thank you for being here, whether online or in this room. But we're going to go towards the end of the chapter. We're going to start in verse 24, and then next week... Uh, we're going to come back and fill in the gap of kind of what we're passing over. But I think today is going to set, up, set us up nicely for next week. And so Colossians chapter 1, verse 24 says, I am glad when I suffer for you in my body, for I am participate, participating in the sufferings of Christ that continue for his body, the church. God has given me the responsibility. Everyone say responsibility on three, one, two, three. Of serving his church by proclaiming his entire message to you. This message was kept secret for centuries and generations past, but now it has been revealed to God's people. For God wanted them to know that the riches and glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too, which was a huge deal. This wasn't just for the Jews, Israel. This wasn't just for God's chosen people. This was for all people, this message. And this is the secret. This is what was hidden and now revealed. Christ lives in you, the hope of glory, right? This gives you assurance of sharing his glory. So we tell others about Christ, okay? That's the message. We tell others about Christ, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all the wisdom God has given us. We want to present them to God perfect in their relationship to Christ. And he adds, Paul and Timothy are writing this together. Paul, the primary writer, he says, that's why I work and struggle so hard, depending on Christ's mighty power that works within me. So basically, you have Paul, with the help of Timothy, but Paul specifically saying, I've been called by God, and now I have this responsibility because of this call upon my life to be a whistleblower. Right? Paul said, I, I got a secret, and now is the time of its revelation. It is to be revealed, this, this message of Jesus. And just so we're on the same page, let's look at it again. Okay, not, not to bore you, but let's really hone in, hone in here. Verse 25, God has given me the responsibility of serving his church by proclaiming his entire message to you. Now, this message was kept secret for centuries and generations past, but now it's been revealed to God's people. For God wanted them to know that the riches and glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too. Jesus is for everyone. And this is the secret. Christ lives in you. This gives you assurance of sharing his glory. Man, Jesus in you. You are a temple of the living God. Verse 28. So we tell others about Christ. That's really the, the, the crux of the message. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Warning everyone and teaching everyone with all the wisdom God has given you. We want to present them to God perfect in the relationship to Christ. And so we, we've been told 
rightfully so, that keeping a secret is a great virtue, right? But it's not a great virtue if the secret giver, the one who told the secret, who, who originated the secret, says, no, it's time to reveal it. It's time to share it. And what we understand is that God wants you to get the word out. He doesn't want this to be a secret anymore. Jesus has come. He has been revealed, and he wants us to get that word out. He wants us to be a whistleblower too. And I hear occasionally uh, around our gatherings or just even in conversations about EC, people will say, you know, uh, how are we going to get people here? Honestly, I don't think that's the best way to ask the question. It's not how are we, it's how am I going to get people here? For you to phrase it that way is really the origination. It should start with that. How am I going to get people here? Because the responsibility first starts with you. Now we'll get to the we. We is important. But you got to start with the I. Before we get to the we, you need to address the I. You've got to start with, okay, what am I doing? What's my role? What's my responsibility? Because you and I... I'm in this too. I'm not exempt. You and I have this responsibility to get the secret out about the good news, about Jesus Christ. And so this morning, as we're talking about responsibility, I really want to start strong with that about the I, because I don't want you thinking about someone else. I don't want you to thinking about the person next to you, even a family member, a spouse. I want you to thinking about you, the person in the mirror. Are you taking this responsibility serious that God has given you and placed upon your life to get the message out? to let the secret be known about Jesus. And so let's kind of talk about what that looks like. If you're gonna take this responsibility serious, what do you need? What are some things in your tool bag? All right, let's kind of maybe look big picture first. If you're gonna take this responsibility serious, the first thing you need is character. You need strong character. Now, I didn't choose the word perfection because none of us in this room are perfect on our own. Of course, we are perfect because of the blood of Jesus Christ, but we're still living this out. We're working out our salvation with fear and trembling. And so we make mistakes. We trip, we fall. Okay, we're not perfect, but the pattern of our life should point to Jesus. And so if we're gonna take this responsibility seriously, it starts with us saying, okay, I'm gonna be a person of character. I know I'm not gonna be perfect, but I'm striving for an intimate relationship with Christ as he lives this out in me. But if you're going to tell people about the good news that Jesus can change your life, you need to be living a life changed. There needs to be a difference in those that say, man, Jesus can change your life as opposed to those that say, I don't believe in Jesus. Because if there's no difference, there's really no point. But I can tell you, Jesus has made a difference in my life. And I want to live that difference out. Not where I have to force it or fake it, but just because the supernatural is within me and is working its way out in my natural. His super has been placed upon my natural. And God is working and living this life through me. But if you fail here in your character, the message that you have isn't going to be quite as attractive. It's going to be a little bit disorienting. It's going to be a little bit confusing that you would say, Jesus can change your life. There's peace that can come. There's forgiveness. There's freedom. But yet you're living a non-peaceful, trapped life. (laughs) Now, that doesn't mean you can't grow from that. It doesn't mean, again, that we'll, we'll make a mistake as we're in this process of sanctification, becoming like Jesus. But we should still be a people of great character. You think about Paul, who in this passage... 
we just read, he, he was writing Christians, he's encouraging them, he's challenging them to share this good news, to stay strong, to not give up. And, and those that received this letter, even though they had not met him, knew his reputation just like he knew their reputation. And his reputation is one that had been beaten several times for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Whipped, beaten. He had been imprisoned. In fact, he's writing this as a prisoner because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so when he writes in verse 24, I'm glad when I suffer for you in my body, for I'm participating in the sufferings of Christ that continue for his body, the church. And then if you go to verse 29, he writes, that's why I work and struggle so hard, depending on Christ's mighty power that works within me. Do you think his life helped that message carry some weight? Of course, because he walked the talk. And his life was a testimony to the words that he was writing to them. It made it a little bit more believable, if you will. Oh, dude, he knows what he's talking about. He has suffered. And he has been beaten and imprisoned and persecuted for the faith. His life bears the marks of Christ. His message carries weight. The most powerful witness has always been the speaking of God's word by one who is living God's word. There's more weight to what you say if you live it. Now, I'm a little fearful when I talk about this because some of you want to play, well, man, I've got some, some skeletons in my closet. Okay, listen, Mason's really, <laughs> Mason looked at me like, dude, someone's really got skeletons in their closet. You, you know what I'm saying? That there's a past there of mistakes. <laughs> His face really got really confused. There's awesome. And we think that because of that, 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 that negates us from being able to share. No, listen, we all have skeletons in our closet. But with Christ, there has been forgiveness. And we should now live that forgiven life. And that should be a testimony to others. And even if you're a believer and you screwed up, if you fall forward, people can still see that in honesty. Like, if you admit it, yeah, that was a screw up. But man, God's... Grace has been good, and, and I've learned from this. There were some consequences I faced, but, but God has forgiven me, and there's nothing I can do that makes him love me less. He embraced me. He welcomed me back as a prodigal child, and, and now I'm walking with him in the robe to the party. And so don't let those skeletons keep you from sharing your faith. But let's say right now that you're not living a life that would honor him. You need to repent. And turn to that and turn to him so that you would be living a life of character where your story is now believable. Reminds me uh, of uh, back in the day when the circus would travel. I think I've shared this story with you before. But they, uh, the, they would set up the tent and they would promote to the little town right outside saying, hey, come out here to the field, to the circus. Well, one time this story goes that they were setting up the circus and they were getting the tent ready and uh, the, the clowns were in costume. They were getting the animals ready, but a fire broke out. And it was, they could tell by the wind and the weather that as it was going to this field that the town, the village was next and they thought, well, we need to go ahead and warn these people while there's time to get their valuables, to get their belongings, and to get out of the village and to get away to a safe place because this fire is going to this village. It's going to burn everything down. And they said, we got to go warn the people. Well, the clowns were like, hey, we, we, we'll go warn them. We'll go tell them to get out. Let us be the messengers right now. We'll go proclaim that message. So all 30 of them hop into the little car. And, and, uh, 
But they all run to the village and they start screaming, everybody get out, get out. They're waving their arms and they're really serious about this message saying, this fire, we got a fire going. It is definitely coming this way. Y'all get your stuff, get your family, get out, get to a safe place. And what do the people do? They're like, oh man, the circus is starting now. And they're clapping. They're like, good show. This must be a pre-show to the big show. We can't wait. This is so funny. You clowns look hilarious. Look at you running frantically around and screaming and waving your hands. Oh my gosh, this is going to be a great circus. They didn't take him serious, right? Well, when we as a Christian would say, hey, Jesus, man, he loves you. He'll change your life. He'll give you this great hope and this great peace. And you don't have to be trapped in sin. But yet you do the exact same things that everyone else does. You, you say the same things. You do the same stuff. All right? There's, there's no joy. There's no peace. There's no love. You're a bitter, grumpy, disgustful person. Is disgustful a word? I was like, I don't think it is. Disgusting. Maybe that's more it. Full of disgust. People are going to receive that message and say, ah, that's funny, good show, right? Oh, yeah, that, that's hilarious. I, I know how you live. And they're going to view you like a clown in that story. They're not going to take you serious because there's no believability to what you're saying because your character doesn't back it up. Listen, you don't have to be perfect, but you have to be growing. You need to be growing because the truth is if you're not growing with your cross, you're growing in your relationship with Christ, you're falling away. There's no neutral. You're either growing in that, into maturation, and I'm growing too, and I've been a Christian a long, long time. But if I'm not growing I'm, and I get stale, I'm actually falling away. I'm losing my intimacy with Christ. And so press in. You don't have to be perfect, but be growing. But if you're going to take this responsibility serious, it's going to start with your character. Secondly, it's, it also takes connection. It takes good character, strong character, but it also takes connection. In Scripture, we say that we're called to not be of this world. This isn't our home over and over, over, and over again. We're called sojourners or uh, exiles or aliens. Okay? This isn't our home, but what we also see is that we are called to be in this world okay? as a foreigner, as an immigrant, this isn't our home. We're not of this world, but we are called to be in it. Jesus, in his prayer to the Father before he was crucified, in this great high priestly prayer, John chapter 17, verse 13, Jesus, as he prays, he says, now I'm coming to you, okay? He's talking to the Father. I told them many things, talking about his disciples, while I was with them in this world, so that they would be filled with my joy. Again, as a Christian, you should have joy even in the midst of tough times. Verse 14, I've given them your word and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world just as I do not belong to the world. Jesus was in the world, but he didn't belong to the world. You're in this world, you don't belong to this world. Verse 15, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Yes, verse 17, make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. And look at verse 18. Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. Jesus says, just as you, Father, have sent me here, I'm sending them into the world. Not out of it, into it. 
verse 19, and I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so that they can be made holy by your truth. So we're not going to be holy by this world. We're going to be holy by Jesus, by his word, by, uh, by our faith and trust in him. But he says, you're not of it, but you're going to be in it. We should never be quite comfortable here. It should never be our citizenship because our citizenship is in a different place. But when it comes to our lives here, there's this expectation that we're gonna be around people that don't live a holy life, that are of this world. We're not of it, we're in it. But the expectation comes that even though we're in it, we're gonna be around people that are of it, right? This isn't heaven. This isn't our ultimate destination. And so we're going to be around people that don't believe like we do. We're going to be around people that believe completely opposite than we do. And we're going to even be around people that hate what we believe. Can we testify to that in 2020? Okay. But for this expectation to be true, we got to fight the urge because it's way more comfortable to be in a holy huddle all the time. And we've got to fight that urge and resist that temptation, even though it seems honorable just to surround ourselves only by Christians, because that's not what we're called to do. That's not our responsibility. Our responsibility is to connect with those who don't have a faith and trust in Jesus. So ultimately, we can share a faith and trust in Jesus, but we cannot, we got to keep our character strong as we connect with people. And that's where there is a danger. And you got to be careful that you still huddle, but then you go, run the plays. You go live it out. You huddle. You make sure you're, you've got accountability. You make sure that you're with your brothers and sisters in Christ. You get with your faith family. Can we testify? Y'all being here today? Amen. You're, you are testifying to, yes, there is a time. Let's get together. Let's encourage one another. Let's worship the Lord together. Let's be together. But guess what? We're going to go run some plays. And you got plays to run. God's got a circle of influence for you at Walmart or, or at Chesapeake, or wherever you may be, you've got some place. South Lake, go run the place. And then, hey, let's get together again. Let's rally the troops. Let's huddle up. Let, let's meet with the Lord together. And now, you're not distancing yourself from the Lord the rest of the time. You're, you're of course, meeting with him because priesthood of the believer and that you have a relationship as his child every day. But you go run some place. You're around people that are not of this world. You connect with them. And so as a believer, we have the responsibility to bridge to build a bridge into the lives of those who don't believe as we do. Jesus used fishing as an illustration. So where to go fish for people. And that was a very common uh, uh, responsibility or job, trade in New Testament time. And he would say, hey, y'all go fish. You're going to go fish for people. Well, if we're to continue that, we got a whole lot of people that aren't in the water. We in the boat, but not in the water. We're back at the house, at the crib, in the garage, in the boat right? We're not at the water, but if we're going to be fishers of men and women, we got to get to the water. We got to go to people and connect. We have to start looking for a connection with people who don't know Jesus. Now, I'm, I'm, listen, I know I've said this story before, but it bears repeating because it, it, it made such an impact upon my life. One time I was in Colorado, uh, Crested Butte, on a, on a trip with some fellas, and on one night, we were in the heated pool, but our goal was to get into the hot tub. But the hot tub was packed full of people, and so we were just kind of chilling, waiting for people to get out. Now, while we were waiting, we actually heard someone take this responsibility serious, and they were sharing Jesus with someone in the hot tub. Young adults, maybe even college age like we were at the time, 
But you, we, we couldn't hear exactly what was going on, but we, it was quite obvious. Someone is sharing Jesus with someone. This is awesome. Maybe we'll get an opportunity to get in. And sure enough, some people got out of the hot tub. We're like, All right, here we go. So we got in, and we were just listening at first to kind of what was going on. And as a, a young adult, as I was listening to this encounter, one, I was fueled with faith and encouragement, but I was also taken back that the guy who was being shared to, it was this young lady was sharing with this guy. He was clueless about Jesus, completely clueless. Like never heard about Jesus. And it wasn't phony, it wasn't fake. It was like, what, what do you mean Jesus? Jesus did this, Jesus did that. And then there were some opportunities where we actually kind of started sharing and kind of helped the conversation along. But I'll never forget what he said. He said, I'm from Steamboat Springs, Colorado. And I've got people in my neighborhood that come by and they knock on my door. And I've heard them and their spill and what they've told me. And it's never been about what you've said about Jesus. I've never heard that Jesus died on the cross for me, that he died, that he was resurrected, that I can have a brand new life, that I can be forgiven. I've never heard what you're saying. And people come by my door and they knock and they tell me what they believe. And very clearly looked at us and said, how come y'all haven't come knocked on my door? How come I'm hearing all this, but I'm not hearing that? No one's coming by and knocking on my door and telling me that. How come you're not knocking on my door? Now, very thankfully, I believe in the moment God just gave me a good answer for him. And I said, well, we are today. We're knocking on your door. God sent us to knock. Like, that's why we're here. That's why this moment is happening. And we talked and we shared. We actually went into the lobby and we prayed for them. I don't know if they ever gave their lives to Jesus. Because this was like... If on a scale of zero to 10, 10 being someone gives their life to Jesus, this dude was a zero because he didn't know anything. But we helped further him in that conversation for sure. But what he said really stuck out to me is, how come you're not knocking on my door? Listen, we need to start knocking on some doors. We got to connect with people. So be a regular somewhere. Spend some time in the front yard instead of the backyard. Sometimes when, when neighbors are out, say hi, get to know them. Your kids are on teams. Get to know the other parents. Build a bridge into the lives of these people. Volunteer at some places. Do it regularly. Be consistent. Get involved in, in community and city events, maybe even like a fall carnival. Mic drop. Okay, so listen, that's what we're trying to do. See, when we take this I seriously, I have responsibility, as a we, we're supposed to do this together as well. And so that's why we're saying Friday, let's bless our city. Let's be around people that are of this world while we're in this world. And let's volunteer for this carnival. I know we got, we got every excuse we could, we could want. I get it. It's a weird time. But at some point, we got to do something. At some point, we can't say we're exempt from our responsibility because we're not. Introverted, extroverted, doesn't matter. We have this responsibility, and we need to connect. And so Jonathan's going to tell you at the end, we sent out an email. We need to sign up to be here. We've got our own booth. We're going to be present and trying to help as much as we can. But the point, I would say this, is avoid Christian subculture. Don't... Yes, as a Christian, there's things we should huddle, we should do together. But at the end of the day, you, you can't just hang out with Christians. 
You don't have to turn your life upside down to do it. There's probably things that you're already doing. Eating, going out, standing in line, having kids a part of sports teams, working. There's probably things that you already do. You just need to add intentionality to it. You just need to add some purpose to what you do. You don't have to quit your job. You already got it. Okay? You don't have to start going to the store. You already do. You don't have to like, oh, I need to build a social media profile. No, you got it. You just now need to start living with intentionality. Be engaging for the gospel. Take this responsibility series and look to connect with people. And it's probably something you already do. You just haven't added purpose to it. So when, not only do we need to connect, okay, to take this seriously, the third thing is we need capability. We need capability. Now, this is where some people get tripped up. They think, well, I don't, I don't know enough. I'm not capable enough. Let me say it simply. You're wrong. You are capable enough. It doesn't mean that you know everything. It just simply means that you would be ready and willing to share. That's the capability level that we need. I'm ready and willing to share. See, I believe that God will send a seeking soul to a willing witness. If you would be willing, ready and available, God would send you those opportunities. You're just going to have to take them. The capability really that you need is, is availability. It, it needs breath in your lungs. It's not a master's degree. It doesn't mean you need to have an answer for every question you've come up in your mind because some of you do this. You think, oh, they're going to ask me what came first, belly buttons or Adam? <laughs> and you're like, I, I don't even know what to say. And you come up with the craziest things. Like, I'm going to get so tripped up and trapped by them and I'm going to look like a fool. It ain't about you in the first place. It's about Jesus. And so you just be honest. If you don't know, you know, I don't even know. Listen, I've shared many times, okay? And, and very rarely is it crazy questions. Very, very, very rarely. Now, sometimes I've had conversations that get into crazy questions, but what it is, is it's not, it's not a Lord leading moment. It is just someone wants to debate and fight. And I don't, we don't have to be a part of that. That's not what we're about. Most time, people are just going to be interested in a good conversation. So we need capability. So I want to encourage you to prepare yourself. The, I think preparation can help in your capability. The first step is simple. Just how about you start reading the Bible? You don't have to know it all. To know its, its theme and what it's about can really help. But you, you don't have to say, well, I can't share until I read the whole Bible. That's not true. You can share now. But I would encourage you as our spiritual nourishment, as uh, God's letters to us, his heartbeat, who he is, it would be wise of you to read the word of God because his words will shape you, it will sustain you, it will help you. And so start reading the Bible. The Holy Spirit actually, part of the Holy Spirit's responsibility is to remind us of the things he taught us. And if you have put the word of God in you, it's easier for the Holy Spirit to say, hey, you remember that verse? You remember that passage? And you'll be amazed to see that you'll be in a conversation with someone and a verse will come to your mind. You might not know exactly where it is, but you'll remember the heartbeat of it and you'll be able to say, hey, you know, in the Bible it says this. But, so 
Don't wait till you say, I've, I've read the whole thing. No, start now. But also start reading the Bible now. Secondly, in your capability, I would say practice. Just don't be afraid to get into a conversation with someone. When Kim and I bought our first brand new car together from a dealer, when we went to a dealership, I literally did this. I did one. I did as much research as I could. That, that's a big part of it. I don't like being ripped off. Oh, gosh, I just... That's ego, but I just can't stand that. So I, I don't, and again, I like to negotiate. Uh, our realtor, Cindy's in here. She knows that. I would say, like, okay, be 40, 40% under what they're asking, and she would have to talk to me. Like, John, that'll never fly. Go up. I'm like, no, we'll start there and just see where it goes, you know? But so with the car, I'm like, I don't, I, you, you hear horror stories of car salesmen, how they rip you off. Maybe you don't, but I do. At least in my mind, I hear these stories. And so I said, I'm going to go practice. So I went to a dealer just to practice how it was going to go down. I wanted to be prepared for when the real action happened. The Super Bowl was going to go down when I knew I was ready. So, but I had to have a preseason. So I literally went and practiced. That's just how I roll. But you can practice even with, with, with sharing. Get into spiritual conversations. Maybe even de-church people. People that you know that would say uh, they, they love Jesus. When I was a, uh, into my sophomore year at Westmore, in front of my class of 500, I gave my first speech in front of people, and I was brutally nervous. So nervous, it was, it, it went okay, but it was, it was not a great speech. In fact, I just, sorry, I'm, I'm all over the place today, but we, there, we have a bunch of VHS tapes up in the attic, and I brought some down, and we, this guy in our neighborhood said, I'll convert these to DVD for you. So I got them converted to DVD. And I used to host this show while I was at OBU. And I'm watching myself host this show. It was kind of a, a little bit like a talk show at night, like a, a Tonight Show type of vibe. So I'm supposed to be funny. And I'm just telling you, I was watching that thing. How did, why didn't someone stop me? This is brutal. I, I was with Isaac, and they're bored out of their mind, by the way, and they're like, you have hair. I mean, that's all they're focused on. <laughs> but I was like, I could have done so much better. This was, but you got to start somewhere, right? So start somewhere, and don't worry about it. The results are up to God. Just start. You'll get better at it. And I, I promise you, I've had times where I've shared the gospel and thought I killed it, like, I could have wrote a master's class on the presentation I gave. And someone said, nah, I'm not interested. And then fumble through one, promise you. Fumble through it and think, this doesn't make sense to me. How's that making sense to them? And they're like, I, I want to give my life to Jesus. True. So don't worry about it. Just get into it and do it. Practice it. You know, for me, I've told you this before, I know, but some of my, my initiating to the conversation are questions like, hey, where are you in your spiritual journey? Something kind of spiritual but low-key enough just to get the conversation rolling or, hey, what, what church are you a part of? I mean, easy things like that. If they're wearing a cross or if someone says, hey, life has been crazy right now and you're like, man, I'll pray for you. There's all kinds of doors for you to walk through. You just got to really walk through them. They're there. Don't avoid them. Transition in life has happened. Easy to get into. And you can start with the church stuff. It's okay to say, hey, I would love for you to be a part of a gathering of Everyday Church. We meet at the Y now, this week, a couple conversations. Just, hey, I, we meet up at the, hey, I don't know if you know this, we got a new location. We meet at the Y. 
These are ways to at least get into the conversation. And that's the hopes. You just get into the conversation. And then you, hopefully the conversation keeps going, and then you get to the, the J word, the big one, Jesus. But there's doors. You've got to look at the door. Sometimes people say, well, I'm actually a part of that Church of Christ or the Methodist Church or whatever. Play dumb or play normal. What is it? What is it? I'm not, you know, I've heard of that type of church, but I'm not sure what that church believes. What, how does that church teach about getting to heaven? I mean, one time in here, we went through a whole simple way to lead people to Jesus. And I can get you that information if you ever need it. But you're just trying to get a foot in the door to get into that conversation. Lastly, and being capable, okay, just in that capability part, you need to be praying. Pray. Pray. The Bible tells us to pray at all times. Pray without ceasing. So pray for opportunities to share while you share. There are times I'm like, oh, gosh, Lord, help me. I don't know what to say with this. Just, Lord, please help me. Pray after you share pray. Pray at all times for those opportunities. It's a spiritual conversation, so you want the Lord's help? Pray. Be a person of prayer, and you'll see. God will give you what you need to say. God will soften their heart, or God will say, hey, it's not the time for this person. He's a way maker. Trust in him. Pray at all times. You need character, connection, capability, and here's the last thing. You need content. Okay, you need a message. That's how Paul and Timothy describe it, the secret. Okay, what, what, what is the content? I think it's really twofold. It's your story. You ha- if you've put your faith and trust in Jesus, you have a story. You have a testimony. And your story really is who you were before Jesus, how you came to know Jesus, and what's happened since. And guess what? Your, Linda, your story is going to be different than my story. Jason, your story is different than my story. Jason, your story is different than Chad's story. Chad, your story is even different than Sarah's story. Sarah's story is different than Jessica's story. Elena's story is different than Kim's story. We're still praying for Kim to have a story. And so there's just... (laughs) Your testimony is yours. Who you were before Jesus, how you came to know Jesus. And guess, no one can take that away from you. And so maybe you don't know the content. Start with your story and just be honest. Hey, this is, what, this is what God's done for me. And if you don't have a story today, honestly, my wife has a wonderful story, okay? Anytime Jesus comes in, it's a great story. And sometimes people do get confused with that. They're like, well, I didn't have this life full of drugs and murder. <laughs> my story is not that good. No, Jesus saved you. It's a great story. You have a story. Use your story. No one can take that story away from you. But it's not just your story. It's also his story. It's God's story. History is his story. And God's story is the gospel that he came as Jesus to pursue us. A God that wouldn't just stay away, but God came close, came near. And came in the form of man as Jesus to live this perfect life and to ultimately sacrifice his life, lay it down upon a cross And to be crucified as a criminal even though he never sinned. And he did that because he was our sacrifice. The Bible says there's no forgiveness without the shedding of blood. And so blood had to be shed as a sacrifice to appease the wrath of God. And so literally our sin was placed upon Jesus. He was our sin bearer even though he never screwed up. And so what you did, what I've done, all was placed upon Jesus. The totality of sin and, and his life was then sacrificed and killed and his blood was shed for us 
so that God would have justification to deal with sin. He just he dealt with it on his son, Jesus Christ. And now that if we would put our faith and trust in him and not in our own righteousness, then his righteousness becomes our righteousness. Simply put, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That's, that's God's story. It's that Jesus came for you. And that if you believe, you can be forgiven of the totality of sin. The sins yesterday, today, and even in the future are forgiven. And you can be restored into a relationship with the Father. That separation has now been closed. And we're going to talk specifically about that next week. And what that looks like. But we need to share the gospel. And whether you have high character and you have a, a connection with a person and you're capable of sharing this content, God will move someone further into this journey with him. But I want you to stop thinking evangelism is just if someone gives, your, gives their life to Jesus. Because it's easy to think you failed if they don't put their faith and trust in Jesus. No. You cast the seed. God's got to cause the growth. Okay? It's, it, it's up to him to change that life. But we are to spread the message. And maybe they go from a zero to a three. Maybe they go from a five to a seven. Maybe they, they give their life to Jesus. You do it enough, you're going to see someone put their faith and trust in Jesus. And maybe you get to be there and it's a part of something we do here. Maybe it's with them. Maybe it's in a coffee shop. Either way, the goal is, hey, we want them to be further down that path. And we want to be faithful in sharing that message. And the results really are up to him. It takes several touches for someone to cross over from death to life. Maybe you get to be that last touch. Maybe you're the first touch. Like the people in Colorado. But we have that responsibility. And so the question I want you to answer, how seriously are you taking your responsibility? Again, it's your responsibility. How seriously are you taking it? I, how am I, I want you to think about that. How seriously am I taking this responsibility? Now, I do want to tell you the we is important. Christianity is a community-based faith. In essence, we live it out together. You put your faith and trust in Jesus and become a part of a family. And as a family, we are to encourage each other and help each other along the way. Even fishing in the New Testament was a community event. It took four or five people to cast out the nets, bring the nets back in with fish. And so we, listen, uh, here's my encouragement. Here's my challenge for you as we wrap up. I want you to try and get someone here next Sunday because we are going to share the gospel and what it looks like to be reconciled with God in, out of Colossians chapter 1. We've got our Friday big event. Hopefully we'll get into lots of conversations. And then Sunday, I, I want you to know this is an opportunity to try to get someone here that doesn't believe in Jesus. And we'll spread out. And I want y'all to be welcoming and nice to people. It's going to be a change for some of you. But I want you to try really hard. I'm just kidding. You guys are great at it. But give people space. Maybe someone's going to come that hasn't been here in a while. Don't like freak out. Like, ooh, where you been? We're glad you're back. Just like, hey, I'm glad you're here. Welcome. Okay? Be nice and sweet and sensitive to that. And let's, let's get people here and let's share the gospel. And so we can do something together. And so we say next Sunday. And so I want you this week to pray for someone. 
get into that opportunity, share, and invite. And listen, it's not dependent upon me to lead someone to Jesus. I want you, but I want to help you in that conversation. So we'll be in this together. And so we'll set aside Sunday for that opportunity. You understand? You with me? Now you take it seriously and let's us take it seriously too. Okay? It's a both situation. You got to do your part. We got to do our part. But it starts with you and then let's get to the we. You with me? I want to read one more passage of scripture. And to do that, I thought it'd be fitting for us to, to stand. So I want to invite you to stand as I read this. Yesterday in the one year Bible, I read this and I felt like this was appropriate for us today. And so we'll read this and then pray and then we'll close with some announcements. But 1 Timothy 2, 5 and 6 says, For there is one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man, Christ Jesus. What did he do? He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. That's what Jesus did. Now look. This is the message God gave to the world at just the right time. Father, may we embrace that message and may, be, and, and may we send and speak that message. You purchased our freedom and so you deserve all glory and honor. So Lord, anoint us and empower us on this mission. Give us every divine opportunity Every divine moment, may we have the boldness to step into them that you give to us. And right now, we pray for those conversations. We would have divine moments that we would seize for your glory, and we would get to share about this incredible message, the message of Jesus Christ. And I pray for fruit next Sunday, that we would see people cross over from death to life. I pray through these conversations that they would cross over from death to life, that we would see people say for your glory. Christ, be magnified in us. We give you all glory and praise. Anoint us on this journey. Help us every step of the way. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. This is Pastor John. Thank you so much for listening to the Everyday Church Podcast. For more information on us or if you happen to make a spiritual decision during this message, please let us know and go to our website, www.everyday.church. There's an email link that you can click on, and we would love to hear from you. If there's anything going on that has happened during this message, if the Lord has spoken to you or you made a decision to follow Jesus Christ. Also, if there's a prayer request or concern, then you can email us, and we would love to take the time to pray for you and respond in any way that we can. Again, thank you so much much for listening. God bless.